Hey guys, welcome to The Word at Work. Today is Ascension Thursday. It's the day where we remember Jesus ascending into heaven 40 days after his resurrection. What we did is we got together a whole bunch of people from St. James Church Kenilworth to sit down and have a roundtable discussion on the Ascension. We spoke about the facts of the Ascension, the significance of the Ascension, and of course what it means for us today. This discussion is one that is meant to be educational, so that you will learn something about the Ascension as you watch it, but it is also something that is meant to be motivational, something that will encourage you as you continue in your walk with the Lord. We hope that you enjoy the discussion, uh, find great value in it, that you will share it with those who don't know maybe what the Ascension is about, share it with your church community, and of course, subscribe if you dig it. Cheers. And so as we start, let's kick off with our first question, really, which is a, a personal experience of the Ascension and talking about um, how you've come to know what it's about or what, how you've celebrated it in your past. Uh, what do you recall when you think of the Ascension? Ms. Simba, why don't you kick us off? Yeah, to be fair, to be honest, uh, not, not a lot of Ascension Day services. I've never really attended one, to okay. be honest. I've, I've, I've never been in a situation where there's been a, a serious engagement with, with the mm. Ascension. So it's actually quite new to me to be, to be thinking about it. Cool. For you, lads? I think the earliest memory I have of Ascension Day is actually primary school. Uh, the schools I went to, we were always next door to a church or opposite a church. And then we would cross over the road or walk through the gate and go to church on Ascension Day. Mm. Um, I don't know what they spoke about, but we got periods of school. So um, <laughs> that's a a young memory of Ascension Day. Um, and then just as recent as yesterday, I discovered that it's a public holiday in Namibia. So <laughs> sure. I looked in my diary. Um, so that was something new I learned. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, sort of jokes aside, um, in my mind, Christmas and Easter is always a big thing. Mm. Um, and Ascension always seems like one of those, we know it's there, and if you can make it to the service, mm -hmm. um, that's good. But not massively yeah, yeah, yeah. you know um so yeah that's cool. kind of my allison yeah i grew up in a, in a completely non-religious kind of home so it had absolutely no part to play at all i think and i'm now casting my mind back a long time um <laughs> i think that we had something special at school on ascension day so school so it was cool from that point of view yeah. because it meant I didn't let if we also went to church or we yeah. had a service or something. But it was a different kind of day and I think it was a shorter day. Yeah. And I think sometimes if it sort of I don't even remember if they gave us like the day off school sometimes. Mm, mm. So so that was always cool. That was always a good thing. Um, and yeah, all our life in ministry we've done something for, for a second. But like you're saying, mm. Lester, it's always been quite sort of low key. Yeah. Mm. Easter oh you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ascension Day is coming yeah. up, so we need to yeah. yeah. Uh, my experience is the same as all of you. Uh, didn't do much. Got the day of school, I think, uh, in a Dutch Reformed kind of family and context. I think we remembered it. It was called Himmelfart Dach, the heavenly journey. That's all I remember. And, um, and I think I didn't have school either on the day. And then um, when I married Melissa, uh, for her, it wasn't a big thing, but she always, they knew of it. It was like Ascension Thursday. Like, uh, I, I can't believe that I, I got the day wrong when I said, on which day is Ascension? Day and <laughs> Melissa corrected me and said it's obviously Ascension Thursday. So yeah, it's like a cultural thing, but again, we didn't really celebrate it much. Um, but just on that, why do you think we don't acknowledge it as much as as we maybe should? 
<laughs> personally, I think sometimes we, you're so focused on, and rightfully so, the cross and the work Jesus did at the cross mm, and his mm. resurrection. Like you, and often in our preaching and in our teaching, you know, it's God's finished work, it's at the cross. And so you've got that language almost of, yeah. you know, it is finished, it's done, it's Jesus. <laughs> yeah. So it's almost like that's all the, you know, yeah. the meat is there, we've forgiven, yeah, yeah. we we loved God, showed it at the cross, and then He rose from the dead to forgive our sins. That's right. Like, so I think in my mind sometimes like it stops there. Yeah. Um, obviously I know that's not right, but mm -hmm. I think that for me is a um, because the focus of the cross is so mm -hmm. um, central. Which again, it's right and it's not wrong, but there's more obviously as we're going to see today. Mm -hmm. um, but I think maybe for me that's yeah. Mm -hmm. I was just wondering if uh, the idea that I mean that it's not it's not a public holiday anymore if that plays a part mm. in in terms of cultural understanding of what ascension is then if there's no public holiday mm. then no one really <laughs> whereas with Easter and Christmas we yeah. all know because they are marked holidays that's right so mm. people yeah, so it was decided for us that it should be significant <laughs> <laughs> based yeah. on a public holiday. Yeah. <laughs> Any thoughts? Yeah, and I think maybe um, if you read the Gospel accounts and you read even in Acts, the Ascension actually occupies a very few verses. Mm, mm, mm. The big focus is on, yeah, on yeah. the cross and the resurrection. Yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think we'll see, we'll see today that it's actually all part of a whole mm, yeah. and we've just segmented it. Yeah. Mm, um, mm. And I think unhelpfully. Mm, I think, absolutely. I think we, we, sure. lose, we lose a lot. That's right. So we are here to rehabilitate Ascension <laughs> and see how that goes. Now, Alison mentioned that there's only a few places where we really uh, hear or read about the Ascension. Um, there are two passages that I think most of us will be familiar with. Um, it's Luke 24 and Acts chapter 1. Um, so let's just take some time looking at uh, Luke 24. Um, it's obviously quite a lengthy chapter. We don't have time to go through all of it, but maybe Alison or someone just fill us in, just context-wise, mm. where we're at, what's happening, um, and then we can look at the verses that pertain to the ascension from this chapter. Yeah, I think it's helpful for me to remember that Luke is writing as a historian. He's a doctor. He's done a lot of research, mm. um, and he's telling the disciples' story. And at the when we get to Luke 24, we see that the disciples have already been totally blown away by the fact that what Jesus has promised that he's going to die and that he must die, mm. they cannot handle that, and yet it happens. Mm. Mm. So then suddenly he is alive, mm. and they totally don't expect it. Um, some of them, this whole story of the road, uh, of those who are on the road to Emmaus, they really didn't understand that Jesus was going to come back again. That's right, yeah. They're totally blown away by the fact that it really is Jesus when he opens their eyes. Mm, mm. Then he appears, Jesus appears to all of the disciples. And they think, yay, the king's come back. Mm, mm. Things are going to go on as normal as it was. And this is going to be brilliant. And then he says, no, he's got to go again. Mm. And he spends 40 days. We don't read in Luke, it's 40 days. But um, in Acts, we do. Mm. And then towards the end of Luke 24, he says, and then he led them out as far as Bethany lifted up his hands and he blessed them and while he blessed them he parted from them and was carried up into heaven mm. and they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy so these men have moved from being totally depressed blown apart men mm. to people who are filled with joy and waiting to hear Jesus has promised mm. that if he goes the Holy Spirit's mm. going to come yeah um, and 
This and, is the next step. And you reckon that is the source of their joy. It's this idea that now, if you look just, you know, of course, verse 44, and they, uh, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me. 45, open their minds so they could understand scriptures. So Jesus fills in the blanks. He paints the whole picture. Mm. Is that, do you think, the source of their joy? Yeah, I think it, it definitely is part of it. I think I think a big aspect of it would be that he's actually alive. Mm, yes. He is alive. Yeah. And so him opening the scriptures helps to uh, get them to an understanding of mm. why all of this happened. Mm, mm. But the fact that he's alive, obviously, I think is a bigger Absolutely. point of joy for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I also think that's that's it's quite significant that he goes back to the Old Testament scriptures mm. for them. Uh, expecting a king to come and who would become glorious and who would be would be sort of um, would become their king, mm. uh, their Messiah. When he goes back to the scriptures to explain to them, this is what the what the what the Old Testament scriptures mm. said about mm. him. Mm. I think that's quite significant mm. for them. Mm. Um, for sure. Yeah. Cool. Anything you want to add to that, lads? Well, I think I mean, what Ali said is, is super helpful. You know, when you you get to the end of Luke 24, you see a shift in, they almost have an anticipation now mm, from mm, the mm. sense of confusion, not knowing yeah. Jesus is there. For sure. um, I mean, we see in the beginning of Acts that he spends mm. 40 days with him actually teaching. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's not that they just left in the dark to scratch their heads, yeah. what's next? Like yeah. It's actually mapped out for them. Yeah. And the ascension is critical to what comes next mm. for them. Mm, um, mm. So... Cool. Well, with that being said, let's look at in this account. Now, of course, it's great to know that Luke wrote both Luke and Acts. Yeah. And so, uh, so he ta he picks up really where he left off, actually, in terms of the first eleven chapters. I mean, uh, verses in chapter one. Uh, so we're in Acts chapter one, verse one to eleven. Um, we know that it's Luke. Well, we anticipate it's Luke writing because in verse one, in my former book, Theophilus. So he's telling Theophilus, the same audience, it yeah. seems, from Luke's gospel. Yeah. And he's telling him here, I wrote to you previously in a former book. So he's connecting the yeah. dots for us. Um, and he's telling us about everything that Jesus began to do and teach. Now, let's just work almost systematically through these verses. Um, and, and let's see some of the things that, that Luke pieces in here for us in terms of this ascension account. Yeah, so so he presented himself to them alive, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and he was with them for forty days, which which he spent time proving mm -hmm. to them mm -hmm. that he actually is alive. He's mm -hmm. resurrected. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that would be verse three. And of course, it's significant just that he points out it's the apostles. Mm -hmm. So in other words, if you're there and you're reading this, you have the opportunity to know who it is that he spoke to, yeah. and that he, you can go and verify yeah. it. Yeah. You yeah. can go and say, is yeah. this this guy Luke? Yeah. Is he on the right on yeah. the money here? Yeah. And and that's the, the the thing that I find helpful again in just going over those verses in Acts is the sort of historicity of the centuries. Yeah, absolutely, it's not something the church made up to make yeah. the story be yeah yeah. Know, more legit or more. <laughs> that's um, right. You know, like you said, Gareth, it's the apostles in verse nine. Mm. Um, he says. Um, and when he had said these things, they were looking, mm. um, and the cloud took him out, out of their sight. There's many people there, there's witnesses there. Yeah, absolutely. You know? um, Same people that Paul refers to in 1 Corinthians 15 when he said he appeared to so oh, yeah. many. Yeah. 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 And, and you can actually go and ask them. That's right. Um, that's what Paul <laughs> yeah. says. So, yeah. 
And also, again, it's just so cool, like you brought it up in, in terms of his writing to the same Theophilus. And in Luke 1, we see the purpose for him writing, so that he may know. Mm, mm. So as we read this, and because there's proof, um, it's been recorded for us, we actually can know that the ascension happened. Mm. Like we can also have certainty. Yeah, um, absolutely. So yeah, that was super encouraging again to, to see that. Um, yeah. And I think it's, for me, just thinking about it, he spent 40 days with them proving mm. you know, that that actually is, it's a significant thing because he knew that this might become sure. an issue. Yeah. So he actually had to spend time with them. Preparing them. Yes, helping them to see that actually this has happened, guys. Mm. I've, I've mm. risen from the dead and, mm. and I'm alive. Yeah. And and we see in verse 3 that he teaches them about the kingdom of yeah. God, which mm. has been on his agenda right from the beginning. Yeah, yeah. And he claims that he's the king. So what we've got in the resurrection is, um, I love towards the end of uh, verse 10 and 11, you know, they're looking up into the sky, and then these two men are standing next to them in white robes saying, why are you standing looking up into heaven? Mm. As if yeah. to say, you know, don't you don't you get this? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, this Jesus was yeah. taken up from you into heaven. He will come in the same way as you saw him go again. Mm, There's mm. a plan being out, outworked here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so you don't need to spend the rest of your life looking up into heaven. Yeah, <laughs> you've yeah. got stuff to do. You've you got to get Jerusalem on with the work and yeah. go and wait. To and wait. I mean, he's he's actually preparing them for what is to come. So mm. there, verse yeah. four, he then tells them that don't don't um, don't leave Jerusalem. Mm. Um, wait for the Holy Spirit who will come and empower you yep. so that you can continue the work that I began. Um, yeah. Yeah. I do have a smile though when I read verse 6 and 7 mm. because um, they still don't quite get it. They, yeah. You get the sense that, you know, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Mm. You know, you're going to knock out the Romans, you're yeah, going to yeah. build us yeah. back to what it was mm. in the glory days of Solomon probably. And he says, no, it's not for you to know the times. Mm. Yeah. We're not dealing with a, an earthly kingdom here. Yeah, yeah, We're yeah. dealing with something yeah. to come. Yeah. But it also shows what Masimba was saying, that the fact that Jesus was teaching them the scriptures in the Old Testament. It's not like they never had a concept of kingdom. Yeah. They might maybe not get it right here. Absolutely. But it was something that was there mm. that Jesus was showing them. Mm. Um, mm. So yeah, you, know, you might even say it was probably the the most significant aspects of their of their aspiration because they they waited for a king yeah, for Israel yeah. to mm. be restored mm. Mm. and so for them having seen that Jesus is resurrected then they're thinking okay so now this is happening right yeah, yeah. and Jesus is like no it's not happening now mm. it's a time frame issue yeah yeah, yeah that's right. Mm. Cool, good. Anything else just with regards to the facts of the ascension that we know? So we, we've covered a lot already. Um, we know that it was Jesus. We know that he was taken up before their eyes. So we're assuming it was a physical ascension. Yeah. It's not that his spirit departed the body yeah. and, then, and there was yeah. Jesus <laughs> standing still. So that happened. A cloud hid him from their sight. Maybe we're assuming there that Luke, when we think of the cloud, we're thinking of the cloud, as in God, he's taken up into glory, that kind of cloud, um, tabernacle cloud language. Um, and again, as we said, there are these, oh, there are, of course, uh, witnesses who confirm what is happening. So I'm just thinking of verse 10, two men dressed in white stood beside them, right? Some might say maybe those were angelic type men, just to say, hey, this is legitimate. Yeah. Um, so a lot of the detail here also just legitimizes the yeah, whole yeah, event. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so you walk away going, cool, 
it was this very same Jesus. He's left. It was you disciples who are witnessing it. You've got a mission at hand now. And, uh, and now you've got to get going. Great. Well, I mean, that sums up really the facts of the ascension. But of course, what we also want to really spend a, a large part talking about is the significance of the ascension. Um, it's not coincidence, Masimba, as a Lucan scholar, you'll enjoy this. It's not coincidence that the ascension kind of uh, is the spine of Luke and Acts, right? Mm. That must tell us something about the ascension event and Luke's thoughts on it, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, uh, if you look at uh, so if you look at both Luke and Acts, you find that at the end of Luke, you know, he talks about the ascension, and then he begins Acts again mm. with the ascension to mm. sort of show it as the high point mm. Mm. Um, of Jesus's ministry, if you like, because then he enters into glory, mm. and mm. and what he's been doing in Luke, which is training the disciples for the work that is to come, mm. uh, is actually put into action after the ascension, ascension because then the Holy Spirit is sent and then they start doing the work of spreading mm -hmm. the gospel to mm -hmm. the ends of mm -hmm. the earth. So it's quite a significant um, yeah. event in, in Jesus' ministry. Mm -hmm. I think. Mm -hmm. yeah. And what does the ascension tell us then about Jesus and kind of the, you know, his, his life, who he was, kingship languages come out in Acts chapter 1. Um, what is the significance of the ascension when it comes to our understanding of who Jesus ultimately is? I think if you pick up maybe that kingship language and we jump a little bit to Ephesians. Mm. Um, mm. You know, many, many of us know Ephesians um, and often we, we can read chapter 1 and chapter 2 and we, it's well known to us. But yeah. if you actually read it carefully, um, you know, you think of, so I'm starting from, uh, where is it, verse 19, mm. um, Ephesians 1. Uh, the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might. That he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places. Mm. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named. Not only in this age, but also in the age to come. Mm. Mm. That, that language of seated at God's right hand. Mm. You know, it's certainly language of authority, position of power. Um, and for me, it's interesting because in Ephesians 1, Paul starts his letter by speaking about the great love that God yeah. had for us through Christ. Yeah. But I think he also wants us to know the power that Jesus has, yeah. not just the love that he has for us. Mm. And that power we see is because where Jesus is right now. Yeah. Um, seated at the right hand of, of God. Mm. You know, in the Old Testament, um, I mean, you did Exodus series not too mm. long ago. Mm -hmm. Often the right hand of God is the indicates his power that's yeah. right you yeah. know um mm. and yeah that's where jesus is mm. um so that's significant in terms of what it means for jesus yeah yeah um his power his authority um i don't know if everyone yeah, wants to pick up on that um, it also taught, it said in 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 psalm 110 the lord said to my lord sit at my right hand yeah yeah, yeah. and i will make your enemies your footstool yeah, yeah. which which is which is a, a sort of a prediction of of how the king would sit at the right hand of mm, the father yeah that's right um and 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 jesus does exactly yeah. that yeah, uh, yeah. according yeah. to the scriptures yeah. and in verse 22 of ephesians sorry it says mm -hmm. and he put all things under his feet <clears throat> yeah there's that picking that mm. that up yeah. again mm. um and i just love you know i'm doing some simian trust here that <laughs> your husband taught us well ali is not to overlook words but i mean just look at verse 21 far above all rule and authority mm. 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 he's not just 
above some. It's like far beyond. Yeah, like, yeah. Jesus is now the King of Kings. That's right. Ruling. Absolutely. No one can take him. Um, yeah. You know, it's bigger than everyone, Absolutely. better than everything. So, and so we're saying that if he had not ascended, yeah. if you don't climb the steps up to the throne yeah. and sit down, <laughs> well, then you've, you, the process is not complete. Yeah. 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 Um, so Jesus is the resurrected king, but then he ascends to take his rightful yep. throne. He takes his yeah. seat as the king. In a sense, it's almost his coronation. Yeah. So I'm reminded um, of Daniel 7 from verse 13. Mm. Uh, and Daniel saying, I saw in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, there came one like the Son of Man. And he came to the Ancient of Days, so he approaches the Ancient of Days. Mm -hmm. He was presented before him, and to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His mm. dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away in his kingdom, one that shall not be destroyed. Mm. So, so this has always been part of God's plan. Mm. So. Jesus came, he had to die, and he said, I must die, I must mm, face mm. the cross. His resurrection was the vindication of everything that he mm. promised that he needed to do on the cross. Mm. Um, but in a sense, his ascension is, is the logical next step. Yeah. Mm. His vindication through the resurrection has to then see him being crowned as king, mm. Yeah. Mm. which is what happens yeah. here. Um, in Daniel and elsewhere. Mm, yeah. mm. And it speaks to when you're crowned as king, you've done the job. You yeah. can sit down. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Absolutely. He may now sit on the yeah. throne yeah. with all the glory and also that comes with it, that. Let's say the ascension didn't happen, mm. then what John sees in Revelation mm. is a lie. You know, oh, because there's, right. there's language of praising him yes. on the throne. Yeah. Yes. If you think of Revelation yes. uh, 5 12. Yeah. Worthy is the Lamb who is slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might mm. and honor and glory and blessing. Mm, mm, so mm. John sees what you're saying, Ali. He sees that and he sees yeah. the praise that belongs to Christ. Yeah. Because precisely that, the yeah. seated is there, he's on the throne. Mm, um, mm. Yeah. So Jesus in the ascension, it is confirmed for the whole world. There's a, a cosmic scope mm. to say he is now the king. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the seated, no the seated yeah. idea is the completion idea. Enemies are smashed. Yeah. Um, and if he didn't ascend, he would have just been a local king, a resurrected yeah. king here on earth. Yeah. But, but we needed that for, yeah. for our sake, but also to show, I mean, you know, that he's the rightful, yeah. the rightful mm. king. For sure. Um, so it extends his rulership beyond just Israel. Absolutely. It makes it, um, mm. as, you, as you say, cosmic. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Now, of course, the one thing that he does uh, as he sits at God's right hand is uh, exercise his authority and rule. Um, but Hebrews also fills in a gap for us in terms of giving us another function that Jesus performs as he sits at God's right hand. So if he, if he didn't ascend, he wouldn't take the seat to not only rule, but... You know, you think of uh, that this kind of intercession language, mm -hmm. the priestly office of Jesus, which Hebrews would then confirm for us. Um, he now exercises that. So, mm -hmm. you know, what does the significance of the ascension then mean in terms of, in terms of that aspect of Jesus's uh, life and ministry? Let me put it this way, as an intercessor, what does he uh, do for us? Uh, how long does he intercede for? What, is the, what does that mean really when we say he's now interceding for us? Sorry, Ms. Simba, I cut you off there, but feel free to go for it. No, no, no. Actually, if you think about in the Old Testament, the priest's role of interceding for the people, mm. you know, mm. um, offering the sacrifice on their behalf, 
Um, but it was never a perfect system in the sense that they will get old and die and mm -hmm. the priests themselves weren't sinless. Mm -hmm. um, whereas Jesus is that once for all. You yeah. Know? Um, yeah. So you, I'm thinking of, you talk about Hebrews, Hebrews 10, uh, 12, but when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins and sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from that time until his enemy should be made a footstool. Mm. For a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. Mm -hmm. um, so it's this this perfect interceding for us on yeah. our behalf. Um, and we can trust that. Um, mm. We can know it's sufficient. Mm. Um, we can know it's for all time. Yeah. Um, so that's, the, that's one comment. Yeah, and I wonder if it also doesn't speak to the reality that we, we as believers now, live in the now not yet mm. reality. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So, so when God wraps up time, I think Jesus' priestly role will stop. Because mm -hmm. we, we won't yeah. need him as yeah. our intercessor. Yeah. Yeah. Because we will be in his yeah. presence forever. That's right. So, so what, what I'm reminded of when I, when I think of him as being my high priest is that it's, it's Paul's dichotomy in Romans, isn't it? That mm. I'm, I'm living with the, my new nature, mm. but my old nature is always chipping away at me. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And mm. whenever I give in to the old nature, mm. I need to know <laughs> yeah. that Jesus mm. is saying, no, I've actually dealt with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right. And so Hebrews says, come. Yeah, and uh, I mean, Hebrews is wonderful. It's full of invitation. For sure. For you as a, as a person who finds life tough, a person who finds your own sinfulness difficult, mm. come mm. because mm. the work is done. That's right. And just remember that you may come into my yeah. presence whenever. Because as long as we're sinning, we will need an advocate. Mm. Yeah. And so when we, when we meet God and Jesus in glory and sin is dealt with fully in terms of our own life yeah. and experience, the advocate role uh, falls away in that yeah. sense mm -hmm. because he's that he's served his time yeah. as our advocate yeah. But it's also a great reminder for us to know that Jesus is actually doing something right. That's now. right mm -hmm. It's not like he's just crown king and now chilling. He's like, oh, well, that? <laughs> yeah. God gives him the go-ahead come and wrap up the world yeah. Right? Yeah. He's actually doing something for my good right yeah. now. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a, it's a mind blow. Absolutely Like I know what I did last yeah. night at home and yet <laughs> he's on the throne working for my good. Yeah, you know um, and Yeah, that's just yeah, that's right. When I was uh, when I was growing up, we used to have this sort of imagery preached to us about how, you know, how Jesus ascends with his actual body mm. as, as it is, uh, and he goes to take his place at the right hand of the Father as it is. Mm. And they would say that uh, when you sin, Jesus just shows God the nails and he says, "Listen, I <laughs> sure. died for this Covered. one, so yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm the, I'm both the Lamb yeah. that was sacrificed, and for I'm sure. also the mm. priest who." Mm. who sort of intercedes yeah. for, for the... And represents the people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. sure. And that's, I mean, it's interesting what you were saying, Gareth, about, you know, once Jesus comes back and wraps up things, that advocate role mm. comes to an end. Mm. Um, but I, I often, in fact, I had one, a teenager ask years ago, that's just coming to our mind now about, you know, why do we still need that? Because if Jesus died on the cross for my sins, yeah. you know, I'm sorted. Why do I still think... And this is this, this conversation so helpful that yes, it is paid once for all. Yeah. Um, but this side of heaven, the reality of us still struggling with sin. Mm. Um, I think Scott spoke about it in his sermon on Sunday. That that conflict we feel, mm. that pull of we know what we must do, but we don't. Mm. You know that. Mm. Um, so that it's so great to know that Jesus is actually doing something, working. Yeah. Um, and doing that role for us. It reminds us of one John, two. Um, mm. 
But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the mm. Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Absolutely. Um, so, so Jesus is at work, not only on the throne in heaven, he's exercising authority and he's interceding for us. But actually another significance of the ascension is that he's also at work in us. Mm. Right? So if Jesus didn't ascend, then something wouldn't happen. We wouldn't have what he promised in John's gospel, the Holy Spirit, mm. yeah. uh, the paraclete, another advocate I'm going to send you. Yeah. And that's probably the third main significance, I think, that we want to just look at. Um, now, it's interesting, uh, uh, it's funny how you sort of have all these big thoughts rushing around your head and we don't often get them into neat packages. Mm. Um, but Jesus has promised that he will be with us always. Mm. Mm. And this is the way that he is. Yeah, yeah. It's by, by him sending his Holy Spirit mm. um, that, so where are we? Uh, John 16. Mm. Uh, where are we? Verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth that it is to your advantage that I go away. For if mm. I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. That's right. But if I go, I will send him to you. Mm. And then he, he does a curious thing. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Mm. Concerning sin because they do not believe me. Concerning mm. righteousness because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Concerning mm. judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. Mm. Um, yeah, so if we didn't have the Spirit, then we wouldn't have these things happening in us right now. And we wouldn't have the Spirit if Jesus didn't ascend. Yeah. Um, so Jesus is not only, if I think back to just John 14, the start of kind of this uh, Holy Spirit language where it all comes out in the upper room. Um, Jesus says he must go away to prepare a place, but not only must he go to prepare a place there, it's as he goes, he's also preparing a place here. Mm -hmm. he, he's actually preparing us for when that Spirit eventually comes on us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so... And also, if you think back to Acts 1.8, mm. they also the, again, you know, giving us, uh, or certainly for the disciples back then, uh, a purpose to mm. continue once he leaves. So 1.8, but you will receive the power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Mm. Yeah. And we saw that. You said Luke ends that with that as well. But mm. the Spirit needs to come first yeah. in order to help them. And then we see all these marvelous mission trips in Acts. Yeah. And this coming through, like it literally gain, and then being empowered by the Spirit. Mm. But if he didn't go, yeah. the Spirit won't come. So absolutely, um, like a, a good knock-on effect, not, a, yeah. not yeah. a bad one. Um, yeah. Cool. Anything else just that you think of the significance of the uh, ascension? Uh, it's all from me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, let's then focus just on uh, as we move in towards this, what, the, what does it mean for us conversation? We've seen now Jesus is king. We've seen he's the mm. uh, permanent priesthood. Uh, we've seen that he's sent the advocate. Um, how should that change what I do today? in any of those kind of realms, feel free to, to explore. Yeah, I think as, as I was reflecting on it, um, a passage that came to me was Colossians 3, uh, 1 to 4, where Paul says to the Colossians, listen, um, since then you've been raised with Christ, mm -hmm. which, which sort of indicates um, this idea that we are living mm. in Christ, we're united to Him, yeah. um, almost as if God sees us when mm. He sees Christ, mm. and, and, mm. and Christ when He sees us. And so He says that if you are then united with Him, if, mm. you've, if you've put your life in Him, 
then set your mind and your heart on things above when mm. Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father. Mm. Um, which basically means that we, we must put our minds and our hearts... It's a, it's a difficult one because yeah. we actually don't know what it looks like mm. that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. But we actually do set our hearts and our minds on things mm. on earth, right? We yeah. set our hearts on our kids, yeah. our minds on, on our work, on, you know, <clears throat> we desire certain things and, yeah. and we drive towards yeah. them yeah. and we put all our energies towards them. For sure. And, and Paul is saying, actually, redirect your heart and your mind mm. to Christ, who is sure. at the right hand of sure. the Father. And then that shapes the way you live. Yeah. You know, he's now your king, and so he's supposed to be ob obeyed. So if mm. you look at the rest mm. of the passage, it talks about how yeah. to obey him with our lives. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And you must uh, set your minds on him since you have been raised. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Because you are raised, yeah. Yeah. Now, now change the way yeah. you live. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. It makes you think of that, uh, I think, the, the union with Christ idea, uh, which Ephesians also brings out yeah. for us. Mm. There, that, that sense of um, 2 verse 6 and 7, God raised us up with Christ. We are seated with him yeah. in the heavenly realms. Yeah. Mm. So while it feels like you are here spatially, almost mm. like in one sense, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> it's such yeah. a bizarre dynamic. Yeah. But I think, I think what gets that um, to be alive and real is the fact that the Holy Spirit is in yeah. us at yeah. the moment. You yeah. know, you are sent to live in us, to mm. empower us to be able to set our hearts and our minds on Christ mm. and then to live um, our lives for Him. Mm. So, mm. in a sense, yes, it, it is weird, but it also is, you know, practical. Because yeah. once you receive Christ, you receive the Holy Spirit. Absolutely, and, yeah. And it becomes who you are. Totally. And, <clears throat> excuse me, it, it comes also down to authority, doesn't it? Mm. Because... Prior to becoming a Christian, we are our own authority. Mm. And when we become Christians, the Lord becomes our authority. Mm. So, yeah, I'm with you in terms of, yeah. it's, it's so hard to picture what it means for Jesus to actually be king in heaven. I mean, that's mm. like a whole other yeah. movie. Mm. Um, but I can, un I can relate to the fact that he's got complete authority. Mm -hmm. and, and therefore, if he, if he is that kind of king, then it's got to impact the way I live now. Mm. And mm. also, Mr. did you read Psalm 110? Mm. Yeah. yeah. I think in Psalm, it's, he's seated on the, at the right hand in the midst of his enemies. Mm. Mm. Like you think, mm. like that's so true, Ali, and I agree with you. Like you know that we, we serve in the King of Kings. Mm. Mm. Like we're on the winning side. Everyone wants to be on the winning side. Mm. But it often doesn't look like it. Mm. Yeah. You know, if you look at the world, like you think your oh, enemies are, yeah. they're running wild. Mm. Um, so the assurance and the hope it gives us. Yeah. Um, and it's only through the spirit that we can hold on to that hope, mm. you know. Um, mm, yeah. But that, that is such a wonderful and timely reminder yeah. of us, especially looking at our world, mm. looking at our country and what's going <coughs> on. And you think it's like a lost cause, yeah. but actually it's not because mm. he's on the throne. That's right. And he will have the victory. Yeah. And we will be there. Um, That's right. It's an amazing picture. It um, does remind me also while we're in with Colossians with Masimba, that Colossians 1, yeah. <laughs> the great song of Colossians yeah. 1. Mm. He holds everything together. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't always seem like yeah. it, but actually he holds everything yeah, together. Absolutely. And so what that means for me is that um, we don't have to fear life, the things of this life. We understand mm. that we're in the midst of a battle. We are among our enemies. Mm. 
but that's okay. Yeah. He's yeah. in control because he's the king yeah. on the throne, seated, yeah. completed. Um, I think another, I mean, I got a lot, but I don't to talk too much. But another personal one, which I reflected on the last couple of days, is just going back to that 1 John 2, that we have an advocate mm. who speaks on our behalf when we, mm. when we get things wrong. Because mm. um, I think, if I speak personally, I think there's good, you have godly guilt, which is good, which will drive you to say sorry and repent. But you can also get eaten up sometimes. And I think the devil will use, mm. absolutely, you know, well, you almost, I've caught myself sometimes thinking, yo, I wonder if Jesus saying to God, check here, did you really make a right choice on late? Because, mm. like, but he's not doing that. Yeah. Like reading these verses again, and it's just a couple of minutes that we were doing it. Like Jesus is not there twisting the knife. Yeah. He's actually speaking for my good. Yeah. Like I can't sometimes comprehend that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like and he, and like he's, not, he's not speaking to a reluctant father yeah. either. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. most of this is actually... For our benefit, yeah. mm, so yeah. that we know that when yeah. we mess up, yeah. there is somebody that yeah. is saying, "No, yeah. it's yeah. all paid for." Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, How I big is know. the heap? Yeah. No, make it bigger. How yeah. big is it? No, make it even yeah. bigger than that. Yeah, Christ's blood you is know? cleanses for us. Yeah, that's like right. we don't know what Jesus is actually saying, but I got this picture of him like, "Dad, it's you know, late it's and, right. and <laughs> God saying, it's fine. That's why you went. Yeah. Mm, mm. I sent him." This you was know, part of the plan. Like you just, like I get goosebumps just thinking, like you say that about me knowing. Um, yeah. So for me, that was just, and I don't think I would have thought about it if we never had these discussions mm, about mm. the ascension. Yeah. Um, and again, yeah. sorry, just uh, to cut you off there, but just on that whole um, father thing, I, I again think of Romans 8 and the role of the spirit, yeah. because it is through the spirit that we can cry, Abba, Father. Yeah. Right. You know? Yeah. So there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ, yeah. uh, Romans 8, 1. Yeah. And then Paul goes into the spirit. The yeah. spirit mm. speaks on our behalf when you don't know what to say. Yeah. The, the spirit allows us to call God father. So he is both Jesus's father, who is not reluctant, and he's our father, yeah. who's more than willing to forgive us. Yeah. Sorry, Mr. Mba. No, I was just going to ask actually a question on, on him being at the right hand of the Father interceding for us. Mm. So he's interceding on behalf of, um, in regards to our sin. But is it not more than that? Mm. You know, the, the, the disciples are left on earth to go and do the work of spreading the gospel. Sure. And they need help. You know, yeah. it's, it's a tough world <clears throat> that they're in. They also need to be strengthened. Is Jesus also not interceding to... To, to encourage them so that they can be strengthened in mm. the work that they have, the difficulties yeah, yeah, yeah. that they will face. So the positive counterpart sure, to intercession sure. is him uh, appealing to the Father, uh, Father, strengthen them, yeah. embolden them, yeah. fill them with that spirit and set them on fire. Yeah. I, I mean, I think okay. you can make a case for that, mm -hmm. absolutely. If we pick it up at Hebrews 4.14. 4. Mm. Okay. So, so the writer says to us, since we have a great high priest who passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. So that's one of the consequences of actually the ascension is that we've got something that we can really hold on to. Yeah. Um, and then he talks about a high priest who's not unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, yeah. but who in every respect has been tempted as we are. Mm. Um, I love that. I, I just love it because it in small verses like these, the humanity and the deity of Christ yeah. come together so yeah. nicely. Yeah. Uh, he is our great high priest who can do things that no one else ever could. So that really just confirms the the, the God man, uh, the godness of Jesus. And then, of course, but he can empathize with us because he's he's been there. Mm. And that uh, really emphasizes the humanity yeah. of Jesus. And is, then verse 16, mm. 
because the reality of who he is and what he's done, yeah. uh, we may draw near to him. That's right. So that we may receive uh, mercy and find grace to help us to help us in the time of need. Yeah. So that it's, we don't do life on our own. That's right. So as our priest, he gives us help in our time of need. Um, but he helps us not only again, and just like he doesn't help us only on the throne and in the throne room, he helps us here on earth. And so one of the passages that I then think of is Ephesians chapter 4, where the ascension, uh, where there's another consequence for us as a result of the ascension. Um, Ephesians 4, I don't have it with me open now. Let me just get there. Unless, oh, you got it, Lates. Why don't you take us there? Ephesians 4, 7 to 12. Okay. Well, we see that obviously with the giving of the Spirit. Um, mm. You know, in, in Ephesians 4 here, we see that there's different gifting for God's people. Mm -hmm. um, and the different gifting is for a purpose. Mm. Verse 12, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, mm. for building up the body of Christ until we attain the unity of faith and the mm. knowledge of the Son of God to, mm. to mature manhood. Um, so so the Jesus gain and leaving the Spirit and giving us His Spirit and His Spirit living inside of us now, yeah. it's not just a so that we can know He's there, and, you know, mm. like the Hebrews thing, He's there in our time of need, but also gives us a sense of we can do community together. Mm. Um, like you said, Ali, we, we don't do life alone, mm. and we do it together for the purpose of looking at others yeah. and building them up. Um, yeah. So I think of Scott series life together. Yeah, for sure. Here we see it, and we can do that because of the Spirit. Absolutely. Um, and, and thinking that through um, and not just expecting it's everyone else's job, but actually Absolutely. it's on us. And you if you think about it, if the big plan of, the, of, uh, of Jesus going was it so that he could equip the disciples for witnessing, yeah. how are you going to witness to the yeah. ends of the earth? Yeah. Well, I'll equip, I'll equip you with different gifts yeah. and each one of you will serve the body in your yeah. own particular yeah. way. But it's ultimately yeah. so that you can equip the saints for works of service. Yeah. Um, and so I think a good thing is then to recognize where has the Lord gifted me so that I can serve God's people. And, and you wouldn't have the gifts again if he had not ascended. Yeah. Um, anything else in terms of the implications for us? Uh, 1 Corinthians 15, Ms. Simba, how about something there that you've been, uh, that you've been thinking on potentially? Well, obviously for me, the, the personal reflection that I, I came up with from 1 Corinthians 15 was that um, Jesus is the first fruits uh, of the new creation, mm. right? And we are anticipating this new creation. Uh, once we've put our trust in Him, uh, we we've believed in Him. We are united with Him. We mm. anticipate that one day uh, the new creation will be consummated. And so you look at at, at one Corinthians from verse fourteen, um, one Corinthians fifteen verse fourteen. It says, "And if Christ has not been, sorry, that's the wrong passage. Sorry." From verse 22, it says, For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ all will be made alive, but each in his own order. Mm. Christ the first fruits, then at his coming those who belong to Christ. And so it's that idea that Christ who ascended into heaven mm. and is now seated at the right hand mm. of the Father. He is the first fruits. He is the beginning of the new creation. Mm. It's already started through him. That's right. And we will enter into that new creation when we die. Yeah. Uh, and, and so that gives me courage to look forward, look sure. ahead mm. Sure, mm. to that life that will come. Yeah. And, and I think that has an impact on how I live now mm. because yeah. obviously mm. I'm looking forward to the the day of his return and 
fully being in his yeah. presence. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. And so I think that if you consider, uh, as we bring our discussion to a close, we think of uh, how the Ascension account ends for us in, in Acts chapter 11. Uh, why do you stand here looking into the sky? In other words, uh, people of God, do not be static. Uh, get on with the job. Because this same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven is coming back. Yep. He is going to return. We await the return of the king. Uh, we are excited at it. We, there is an expectation about it. We are living in the end times. But as we've seen today, we can get assurance because he's the king. Uh, assurance that our sins are forgiven. We can be emboldened to witness to him because of the gifts that he's given us through the spirit. And as this discussion has brought out, none of this actually would have been possible had Jesus still been here yeah. as just that resurrected king. Mm. He had to climb the steps up to the throne so that he could sit down on the seat. And it is now as a result of the ascension mm. that we are here and that we can live fully for him mm. in anticipation of what's to come. Amen. So Amen. we should celebrate the ascension and, uh, and rehabilitate it. Yeah. <laughs> and, I no, and I also think it, it, it also just helps us to really think of Christ holistically. So mm. Christ has yeah. he's got the incarnation, there's, yeah. the, there's the ascension, there's this glorification. Absolutely. All of those are important um, as his ministry to us on earth and to what mm. is to come. Mm. So I mm. think it's quite important to have that. In mind, I think. Absolutely. Amen. Praise the King. Amen. Amen. For Thanks, sure. guys. What a good discussion that's been, hey? <laughs>